The Internet of Trust is all about ensuring data integrity, and that means ensuring both the security and the accuracy of data. But if data and data insights are the currency of the 21st century, how do you trust your data? Cybersecurity, data protection, privacy. You like to stay ahead of the curve and listen to experts who are leading the way in deriving greater value from data with a more organized approach to data privacy. You're like us, just a few deviations past the norm. You are a privacy Sigma rider. Hi, all you Sigma riders. I'm Michelle Dennity, Chief Privacy Officer at Cisco. A few months ago in Barcelona, Spain, I got to catch up with the great Joseph Bradley, Cisco's Vice President of the Internet of Things, who was there for our annual Cisco Live conference, and so much fun. Joseph is a recognized industry leader and technologist, an all-around expert on digitization and the resulting business value. As you'll hear in a moment, our conversation, caught on the fly in Barcelona, was all over the map, ranging from Joseph's IoT and business insights to his leadership and my favorite, personal values learned from his daddy. Welcome, Joseph. Thank you so much, man. I'm enjoying Barcelona. It's great. It's about 50 degrees, negative 50 in Chicago, so it's awesome to be here. We're winning from the polar vortex. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Our eyelashes are not frozen here in Barcelona. So, Joseph, what is kind of exciting you most? I mean, yeah. let's back up. Like, I want to hear about exciting highlights, but can you also, like, give us your spin on the Internet of Things? So you're the yeah. VP of that. That's like the VP of stars. <laughs> well, you know, to me, what's so exciting is, is we've been talking about IoT for years and years and years. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And, you know, we're trying to sell the value proposition, sell it, sell it, sell it. Now everybody gets it. Yep. It's not a conversation where I'm trying to convince people. It is all about implementation. Yeah, they want and it now. They want it now. They want it right. They want business value. And so it's so exciting to see so many different parts of the business being stressed that we're working in silos now realizing we got to come together because in IoT is about not only do I got to connect things, I got to connect data, I got to apply analytics and process, and I got to tie it to people. So it takes the whole kind of business processes, business gamut, stretches it to maximum potential, and then delivers value. So it's, it's just been great. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, amazing time. So with this background, now everyone's kind of pulling on your shirt going, hey, let's go. Yeah. What are some of the exciting things that, that you were hearing from customers and from other Cisco folks? This yeah, week? you know, I, I think the biggest thing um, that I heard a lot about was a lot about if insight is a currency 21st century and you're trying to drive, we're putting so much on the data and analytics, how do you know it's not only secure, yeah. but how do you know that data is right? Exactly. There is a lot of conversation around data integrity, especially as it relates to autonomous vehicles, yep. people's lives are at stake, security. So there's a lot about data integrity. So that was clearly, uh, clearly one area of influence. I think the second area of influence that came out really loud and clear was not only do I have to have my data, but how do I get access to others' data yes. and contextual information that I need in order to create value? So there's this, how do we create or what's going to happen with this data exchange? There's a lot of conversation around how do I even take inventory of my data? How do I make it available to someone? How do I know which ones to get? So there's a lot of talk about that. Uh, that, was, that was heavy. And then I think the third thing that definitely came up was skill sets. Yes. Yes, the workforce of the future. Yes, yes. And it's interesting you say that because I think particularly when you apply the Internet of Things 
to newer techniques. We used to call it big data and analytics. <laughs> yeah. Now we're calling it ML and AI. AI yes. is a common, um, but we do have machine learning today to yes. apply to this. How do we pull what we know about the things? What? How do we know to even apply machine learning to this and then direct it towards an outcome? Because I feel like as we've started, yes. it was like, here's the stuff, let's play with it. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? But yeah. are we driving to an outcome? That's a really good question. I mean, I think, you know, um, in fact, I wrote my book about this, is sometimes we As focus so much <laughs> we focus so much on answers. Um, it's really about making sure that we're fundamentally asking the right questions. Yes. And we don't spend enough time, in my opinion, really saying, hey, is this the right question that we should be asking? Is this where we need to be going? Even how we talk about customers today, we group customers and we talk about them in ways that were invented prior to the internet. And you just said an important thing. We talk about them. Yes. Oh, oh. It's, it's again, it's as if they're second person, not there. And we're trying to figure all this stuff out. I'm like, if we pause and we fundamentally not only worry about what we don't know, but fundamentally challenge what we believe to be true, right? we can then get at that business outcome. So I think there's some great examples around that. Um, quite, quite honestly, I think around, I think about the, uh, current discussion around borders right, and right. walls and security. And I think the question is, is not whether or not you have a wall or not. The issue is what is the best way to provide security? Right. And if you're in a, and we're working on lots of within schools as an example, right? Yes. Kids don't want to go to prison. Kids yeah. don't want to go to school and see all this stuff around and have a No, they want to feel as though they're in a place for learning. Yes. At the same time, they also don't want to worry about looking over their shoulder. They want to feel safe and secure. Yeah. And so we've applied uh, a really, really cool deep fusion, machine learning analytics, video analytics, and really came up with a really nice way to be able to identify you mm-hmm. coming into a school without having a physical fence, but we know who you are. Yep. We know where you're allowed access to. And if there is a problem or there is an event around you, we know exactly how to notify you and exactly how to get to you. Right. So there's things like that, which I think are really important, focusing on, again, what's that business outcome we're trying to drive. Yeah. And so this is where we get together, Joseph and Michelle Dedeny, IoT meets privacy. This yeah. is the perfect moment, right? <laughs> so we're working on privacy engineering and privacy ethics. Oh, so the outcome Incredible. is child safety. I mean, yes. we'll, we'll apply this to the adults yes, in yes, higher learning, Yes. but I think, you know, if everyone can get together and agree, even in divided times, children should be safe. Absolutely. Cool. I mean, absolutely. This is straight up, right? <laughs> no brainer. I think we have trouble when we have the dialogue of how much creativity and kinetic movement should the child have versus sitting in a classroom and sitting thusly, quietly, <laughs> observing the wisdom <laughs> of the person in the front that will have no idea the job that they will have in the future. Um, So when I put all these these things together, how do you kind of break apart, like this is a really exciting thing, to have someone come in, know when an outsider is there, how do you preserve the integrity of the people that should be there and do their needs change? So as a a kindergartner enters, I think we can all agree, I want to hand off from Joseph to Susan to Lynn. Yes. When it becomes a a teenager and a young teenager, a tween, the last thing they want is you to electronically hold their hand and walk them down the hall. So what are your thoughts about who do you want in the room to think about this talking not about the customer, talking with the customer in mind and and hearing, and and how do you then turn those into specifications for the environment? Yeah, you know. You've got a tough job, my friend. Oh, it's really hard. I mean, First off, I think you got to realize that 
it is a situation. It is an ecosystem. Yes. It, it, it's, it's not a one size fits all. In fact, I always often tell people, you know, privacy to me is can be very contextually based. Yes. I mean, if I ask people, do you value your privacy? You would say, absolutely, I do. But then if I told you, well, don't you go to a grocery store and you put what are you going to buy on this conveyor belt and everybody sees it? Why do you do that? Yes. Well, because convenience. Well, in that case, I'm willing to give it up. Yes, because it's value based. Yes. What value you're receiving. So I think when you talk about children or you talk about whether it's a teenager or whether it's a, whether it's a younger kid, you have to be able to explain the value of what is happening in this environment in their language to them. Yes. And if, you, if they understand that value, then they'll be more than happy to participate. Why do kids participate on Facebook? Why don't some don't? Because some see the value in it. They understand the value proposition. I was like, eh, I don't see that value. I don't want to do it. So yeah. I think the way you overcome it is bringing all the players in the room and making sure that you understand, listen, but you express the system has to be flexible enough yes. that they can see value in what's in what's happening and what's in what's occurring, right? Exactly. I think another thing you have to do is they gotta trust. And to me, trust is you gotta recognize that, hey, you gotta be very, very clear on what data you're collecting, how you're collecting it, what you're using it for. You 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 gotta be you have to be open yes. in every possible manner. Yes. Uh any any type of well, you know, we're going to just take this piece, but we'll keep this back here and we'll let you know. And No, your intent is as important as what you collect. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think many times more. Absolutely. Because I think the, the thing that we will find, because it is, I like that you're using the word ecosystem. That's an organic term. Yeah. That's a flexible term. That's an evolving term. Yes. Hardware doesn't evolve <laughs> very easily. Software can be updated. But when you take that systematic approach, let's kind of talk about the skill set you're talking about. Oh, there are yeah. still people involved here. How do we make these seemingly static things, hardware, software, clouds even, that technologists know take time yeah. to refresh and redo and reskill? How does that interface with a group of human beings looking at the outcome data Yep. And they're going to have to be the ones that shift us forward and, and close the gaps while we update, right? Yeah, How are absolutely, we getting those man. people ready for this challenge? Well, you know, we talked a lot about this um, in the discussion presentation I actually did yesterday. And one of the dialogues I, I had with the uh, audience that was primarily, which uh, probably all uh, from a technical side, so yeah. all CTO, CIO, I said, rise of the humanities. Yes. And they looked at me like, what are you talking about? Oh, I yeah. said, you are going to have to understand that if you want to speak the language of people, of your customers, of users, as you said, this ecosystem, yes. you have to understand and learn their language. Yeah. That means that you have to bring in someone who speaks the business, understands the business. You actually have to bring in someone that has a different mindset to you. And I don't mean to just tap into, I mean as part of your organization. Yeah. So I said, you know, if you think about in the world that we live in today, where all the answers are pretty much known, value is understanding what question to ask. You better get those humanity majors to come in and be a part, not on the side of your business, but a part of your business, sitting right next to your coder, your programmer, your analyst guy who's sitting there, or lady who's sitting there saying, hey, this is the algorithm I think I want to design, so I think it's going to work. Well, really? Well, why don't you think of it this way? Yeah, or what about this? What about this? What about that? you got to really value that in the organization. And they look back and they kind of look back at me. I said, yes, inclusion and diversity is not only what you physically see, but we're talking about now around thought, what's inside. Yeah. And they were like, 
Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute now. Hold on a minute. Man, I they like control. Business. What am I going to do about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, different personalities, different times. Wait a minute. They're on that side of the organization. No, they got to be a part yes. of this ecosystem. It's always going to work. I think we got to become voice. organizations. Absolutely. Instead of a collection of silos. Absolutely. And that's, and so I think you're, you're right on with the skill sets. I think you got to, I tell people all the time, I think you really, I'm all for STEM. Don't get me wrong. And because I'll make sure. We need those guys too. We need STEM. I'm all for it. But I'm not for taking a child who is really excited about the humanities and saying, no, 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 no. You're not going to make any money. You got to go to STEM. No, yeah. that's not the case at all. You need both. Right. In, in, in society. And I think you put those together, we're going to see some really, really powerful um, outcomes. I think that's right. I think, I mean, I, I've certainly witnessed that. And I think, so let's, let's go back to school for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go back into the classroom and we say, what is the outcome you want to achieve? Yeah. And I've got all these sensors. Yeah. And I think to a technologist, it, they say, okay, I want to keep this physically secure. Yeah. Make sure the kids are safe. Yes. And so as you were saying, you know, geolocation and tagging, the question that is often missed, I think, in the development process without the humanities present is where's the off switch and when should it be applied? Yes, yes. You I know, don't want to be observed everywhere. That's right. Um, I think, you know, when I think about that again, to me, I think of almost like domains. Yes. It's almost like experiences, right? Mm -hmm. um, context is so important. Or for our software developers, user stories, people. Yes, user stories, <laughs> or user personas, right? Yes. Um, I think con one of the things that, to me, by connecting the world, what it does is it gives you context, yeah. which we never had before. Yeah. And so by establishing context, meaning, you know, hey, are the kids in a learning environment? Are they in a classroom? Great. If they're safe in that, in that environment, in a classroom, then, then I can probably shut that off and I can start thinking about what's happening around, mm -hmm. right? What's happening? Or is it, is it quiet time? I can tell that. Why? Because they're all head down. Nobody's moving. They're doing a test. Okay. Oh, is it a recess? Okay. Guess what? All I need to know is, is somebody going outside of this boundary? Do I need to really know, you know, are they down this hallway? That, uh, I don't even know that. Maybe I give kids, maybe certain kids might feel more comfortable, especially if you go outside the U.S. Let me tell you, yeah. in the U.S., we're so worried about, I, you know, I want to hide my privacy. Man, you go outside the U.S., they want to be known. Yes. I want you to know I exist. I yeah. want you to know where I'm at. So, again, give that user, give that individual some flexibility. I'm sure certain parents want to have certain insights, right? Yeah. So yeah. between the, the, the kid themselves, the parents, give them some choices around when the, when, do, when do I kind of want you to know what's going on, when do I don't, when do I feel safe, and you'll find that I'm sure you're going to find some differences, but the most important thing is because we've connected the environment, we understand context. Yes. And yes. we don't have to have one size that fits all. Yeah. We don't have to have it. But what you can't do is you can't allow pure technologists. Right. To just determine what those domains are. Right. And so it, it feels like you need to be a little leaky on both sides. So Absolutely. When I was a, a litigator back in New York, we actually took one of my favorite continuing education trainings. We took improv. It was terrifying. Got to really listen with improv. Man. You got to listen. Yes. You got to be with your partner. Yes. And we're like dorks that went to law school because we have no social skills. Let's <laughs> face it. Like someone had to listen to us because there's a protocol in court. So... I think it's often true with my beloved IT community that I've been hanging with for the last 30 years. I think also the technologists raising their heads a little bit and somehow connecting it to their personal passions. You know, they yes. have children, they live in a community, they're religious, they have a mother that they still like. All these things yeah. are 
how does this work? And, and let's let's stick with the classroom for yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think the interesting thing you can do once the perimeter is safe, just like remember how computers evolved and first we worried about the perimeter, the firewall. Yeah. So now you've created a boundary of virtual safety here. Yes. Instead of just saying, we want to make sure the kids are okay in recess. Yes. And so now we're good, objective achieved. Maybe now the next question is, what about the painful in introverts? I yeah. remember recess and gym as my most yeah. terrifying and terrible times. I have right. zero physical agility. <laughs> I'm like this chubby little dumpling who nobody's running to pick for the ball. <laughs> what I wanted was a, a little quiet pod where I could just read my book and nope. not be on display as the kid always sitting alone yeah. in front of everyone in a big box. Yeah. So I think having the flexibility of security allows for us to rethink what do all the kids need? Yeah. And are they kids one lump or are they Joseph and Michelle who have individual learning needs? That, I think it's, it's right on. I mean, I think it's, you know, typically before we talked about customers on things that we can see like devices. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, how many, how many kids are, well, how many cell phones are there? We're talking about the device itself. Now you can talk about behaviors. Yeah. Who's because holding again, the device? Who's holding the device? <laughs> and, you know, where, how, are they really active? Are they moving? Oh, this person likes to read a lot. We can begin to describe people based on behaviors based on the type, based on what's happening the time of the year. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can imagine, the weather. oh my God, you know, if, if it's raining and cold, maybe I'm not a kid, you know, I, I just moved to Chicago. <laughs> I'm not comfortable going outside and recess <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's 17 or minus 10. And I'm not used to that. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's all these different ways to your point that I think we can really say, ultimately, how do we maximize the experience of that child? Yes. You yes. Because that's the outcome. Exactly. We thought we had an outcome of security and look what we've gotten to. Integrity. Oh, ethics and a bigger outcome yeah so sometimes people are like oh do i do the work for security oh, i gotta comply <laughs> with this new gdpr privacy law oh, my god rendering <laughs> garments but when you just even go through the verbal requirement setting workshop that we just did Absolutely. suddenly wow not only do we have technological innovation how do you have a kubernetes for a child right you know now we also have what are the new skill sets what is the new kind of classroom monitor and then it goes back to what you said earlier about education, which I think is so powerful for, you know, continuous learners like ourselves, as Absolutely. well as the littles, is how now that we know, I'll say all the answers, right. we know many, many, many more facts and they're yes. available in our pockets through supercomputers. Yes. How do we get to the ultimate learning goal of asking that right question? That's right. That's and then right. asking the wrong question and being okay with that. Being totally okay with that. Staying in it, right? Yeah. You know, being able to, to spend time. I mean, Einstein said if you had 60 seconds to save the world, you would think about it for 50 seconds yeah. and execute the last 10. We're doing just the opposite, yes, man. Yes, we are. I mean, we're just, no, let's just go. Let's just no, go. Let's just go. go. It's like and, almost every launch is a beta. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And then we're surprised Yeah. when we have, oh. oh millions oh. of records lost. Can you believe that? Oh, well, well why, why could that possibly be? Right? Yeah. So I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, staying in the question, staying in the moment, really focusing on it, don't assuming that we have the right answers. I mean, we, we talk about this a lot, Marvel Comics. Yeah. I think it's a great story. Yeah. Right? I mean, spend years trying to figure out how do I sell more comic books? And then they change the same people, same assets. They change the question. How do we drive greater entertainment value? Now, all of a sudden, they go from bankruptcy filing ah. to being bought by Disney for $5 billion. Same stories over and over and over again, yeah. but we don't spend enough time fundamentally saying, are we asking the right questions? I think the other thing it does is when you go to an answer, it automatically puts you in a right or wrong situation. Right. So you automatically stop listening to one another. If I'm, you may be trying to optimize on safety. I may be trying to optimize 
on uh, a kid's experience, someone else trying to optimize on revenue in the school. Yeah. If we can't agree right. on the fundamental question, well, and someone we're else never is on gonna... top going, don't change. <laughs> Please don't change. That scares exactly. me. Exactly. So if you stay in the question, you find that I think you can open yourself up to improving your rate of learning. Yeah. Because you're listening to one yeah. another and you can truly drive an outcome. But if you skip that step, it's a lot of conflict. Yeah. And you then know, you're doing add-ons to try to harden the security correct, of it. Correct. And then when you get into that impossible situation, and so we use it with records lost in large hotel chains or yes. OMB records so that people's portfolios, when they're applying for government work, that yep. can be a national uh, security problem. Then that becomes the instant problem that is urgent. Yes. And we forget that this is sort of breaking the entire environment. Absolutely. You've lost all those other requirements. All of them. All of them. And, and it's a terrible outcome. It is. And, and then I, people say, oh, IoT can't happen. And and then they and then they start saying, and then the thing is funny to me, a lot of folks talk about, they'll talk about IoT as a, uh, like it's an event. Yes. Uh, or let me go, get, let me go get some IT. Let me go get IoT. Let me, let me, let me get this tool, yeah. right? It is truly a life cycle. Yeah. In fact, they, I don't even I like it. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, life cycle. It's a market. But it's what it isn't is a specific core kind of technology. Yeah. Of, and yeah. I think. When you think about what's driving and what's so hard to implement IoT, is because enterprises are set up where they have you know data center, or they have a security business, or they have a collaboration. They have all these separate businesses, and IoT is like the real world. Yeah. I don't want a bunch of independent tools. Right. I want an outcome, which means that all of you've got to work together to create an ultimate experience. Right. And that is something. How is it measured? Who gets credit for it? all that stuff? is what makes IoT so hard to implement in the real yeah, world, right? and see how you're looking at it financially, too. If, if no one's responsible, then who's responsible and who gets incented to, to push this forward? It, it, without the clear lines of that business value, yes. I always tell people, you know, IoT at the high level is very easy. It always makes sense. The problem is, is that those people who receive the benefits aren't the people that pay. Right. So you have a misalignment all the time, the cost and benefit. Happens all the time in, in smart city in type of smart city applications, yes, right? You know, yes. who's going to pay for it? Who's going to receive the benefits? Well, we want, you know, private enterprise to pay for it, but the citizens are going to receive the benefits. At the highest level, it makes sense. But then when you get down to the corporate economics, that's where it gets really, really stressed. Exactly. And then it's, a, it's very tempting to say, well, it is the age of digitization. Yeah. I need to consume that data. And so the, my payment, if you will, as a technologist yes, will yes. be access to that data. Yes. Meanwhile, it's citizen data. It belongs to each individual. It doesn't belong to the corporate. So you can't sell away someone's rights if you're a city. If you're, even if you have their best intentions in mind, you can't just alienate someone's human rights. No, and I think the thing that's amazing to me is we'll talk about uh, an IoT project or an IoT event without even understanding and doing an inventory of what data assets exactly. I have or I don't have. Oh, it makes me drink in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> This is now, you, now you've got now you're in my world. This is this is where privacy engineering works. So I'll give you an example, and then if, if you'll indulge me, I'll tell you my inter interpretation of what we used to call the Internet IOE or Internet oh, of everything. everything. Yes, yes, absolutely. So first, I'll give you the use case. So a smart city um, came to us, and we've been working on a project. And you know, to your point about outcomes, you know, we had healthcare and security come together, and they were super excited. And I don't mean to diminish it; it's a great outcome. But the outcome was this. They had a, a very uh, an aging population, which a lot of communities will have. But if yes. you look at the aging population, yes. we're in like a bell. 
So we're going to have a lot of seniors running around the planet, and we're able to keep them alive for much longer. As a result, we will get people with some confusion and some early dementia and other issues that, you know, are part of the aging process. So the, the outcome was we have a lot of seniors here and sometimes they just get lost on their way home or they get confused or whatever. What if we had a, a solution for mm-hmm. IoT so that we can follow our seniors wherever they go and then you can have an app on your phone if you're their kid or their grandkids <laughs> and track grandma. And they were so excited because you know the family would always know where grandma was. And I just, this was like 20 dudes in the room and I just was like, Oh, I'm going to be that guy again. But again, inclusion. I was like, <laughs> and if you are the one being included in the meeting, uh, they don't always want to hear what you have yes, to say, yes. but you have to be extra bold yes. to say it. Yes, absolutely. And I raised my hand and I just said, not everyone likes grandma. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there could be an inheritance issue. There could be a disenfranchisement. Yes. You know, there's a million things that go yes. on in a million families. Yes. And grandma is not able to consent because she has dementia. That's the use case. Yes. So we had to really rethink. The outcome is great. Making sure that people that are lost yes. or confused have a safe place to be or a way of making. Right. But that means going tiny on the data rather than going huge on the data. Right. Right. So so you can come to a conclusion. So which leads me to we'll walk through the IOE and yeah. tell me what you think. Yeah. So I think today, well, I'll say yesterday since we're talking about what today and beyond will look yes. like. But yesterday it was IoT was created with for, and I think it has four yes. IOEs, the yes. internet of everything, the right. stuff, yep. everyone, yep. the people that yep. it's describing, yep. um, ethics, yes. and experience. Yes. So those four E's together for me are an outcome regardless of what theater you're in. Yes. The problem with the way we used to do it yes. today and yesterday and beyond <laughs> is we start, as you say, with the stuff. Right. We start with the internet of things yes. and say, what's available? What are the toys? Let's develop, oh, there's not enough memory. Oh, we need more states so we can record stuff. Yes. Oh, oh, we need access. Then maybe we go to the Internet of People because we're thinking about what's the population, how much money yeah, they maybe. have to pay. Before you maybe. Later, but maybe, yeah, you're being generous. I'm being hopeful. Yes. <laughs> you have to apply all the privacy rules yes. at this stage. So yes. it's like, okay, so we've got our stuff. We've got maybe this. Then we go to the ethics. And I think this is like the crossover between legal yes. and ethics because legal really is a look back Yes. of what could go wrong or mm. an imagining mm. of people who haven't experienced that mm. context of a set of rules and requirements. Ethics goes beyond for me. Ethics is your oh, yeah. your brand. It's Absolutely. What, what am I willing to transparently say is my North Star? Yes. And, and that's, I, I apologize to, to the philosophers. I know that's not the real definition of yes. ethics. Yes, yes. And then you get to experience how, you know, as you said, you yeah. don't want to drive a car by day. Now I got to turn my carburetor. Whoop, right. Need a little more of this. Need yep. a little, you want a steering wheel. Yeah. I think the way we will from from now on, my my hope is, and, and mm. let's let's point to the stands. This is how Joseph and I are gonna roll. <laughs> <laughs> we flip it on its head. Let's start with experience. Yes. What should you know? What are, who are the nurses and the teachers in the hospital? Yes. Have they been technically trained on Kubernetes yes. and network segmentation? Yes. And are Absolutely. they aware of the latest encryption and this quantum of it? No, no. I no want clue. them to understand how to ask the questions. Is it secure? Blah blah blah. But the experience for that person, that teacher, that educator consuming the data, let's consider that that work plane first. Now you're introducing your improv people, yes. your artists, yes. your user, yes. you know, the people that tell yes. stories for a living. Then you go down to ethics. Okay, if we had the story, if the scenario did work, yes. is this still 
regardless of what any law said, is this still who we want to be at the end of the day? Yes. Then you go on to, okay, are the people still being served? And finally, but not least, right. you build. Right. Absolutely. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yes. And I think that's... I call that the Lady Gaga rule. <laughs> you want to know why? No, you're not going to hear this one. Are you a little afraid? <laughs> no, I'm never afraid, but excited. <laughs> Let me hear this one. So this is the Lady Gaga rule of ethics. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Lady Gaga, lovely, talented, amazing artist, walks out to the VMA Awards in a meat bikini. Do you remember that one? Oh, I do. Yes, she was I do. Fake yes, on her yes, I body. do remember that. Yes, I remember that. Yes. And I'm not gonna lie, she had the legs for it. <laughs> However, just because you can, really, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't do the Lady Gaga. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're right on. I think you know what we were talking about earlier. You started with you're still starting with a question. You're saying, hey, what are we trying to achieve? Yeah. First. Yes. What, what's the goal? What, what, what do we believe? What and do we envision? If the goal is security, kick them out of the room. If the goal is a Absolutely. wall, kick them out of the room. Absolutely. The goal is how do you have two societies Absolutely. with different cultures, different rules, different requirements. Absolutely. Having a seamless interaction in a modern world that says yeah. no one of these needs to be better than the other. That to me is the outcome. I'm not hearing out of anyone having border discussion. <laughs> yeah, no, it isn't. It's because it's, it's, it's let me get this tech in. Yes. Or let me get this position in. Or let me get make, let me get this data in. Or just give me your data. I have a, I have I have a platform. An exactly. It's magic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everybody has a platform. I keep telling folks, you know, when you think about the word platform, by definition, a platform is some means that somebody has to use it. Yes. There's got to yes. be multiple users on it. It wasn't as if Apple decided, oh, we're going to build a platform. No. Apple said, you know what? We're going to give you a new way to consume music. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just, and all of a sudden... People really love that experience, and so it developed into being a platform. Yes. We all say, oh, no, 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 here's my platform. Yeah. Let me give you all the tools. I tell, I was talking to my uh, nephews, uh, three years old, right? Oh, and, uh, they're the best designers Oh, all. my God, man. Between Play-Doh and, and, the, and the Legos and the puzzles, and I, and I told, and I was, we were going, as I had one this kind of real surreal moments, right? He's, he's looking at me, he's kind of getting frustrated, right? And he's like, no, I, I, you know, I want the truck. Uncle Jojo, yeah. right? He's going to say Jojo. Uncle Jojo. I want the truck, Uncle Jojo. I, I will be calling him Uncle Jojo. <laughs> I want the truck, Uncle Jojo. I want the truck, Uncle Jojo. And it was funny because I'm like, this is what what our customers are saying. Don't give me a bunch of Legos and parts right. and throw them on the ground and say, oh, well, our partners or someone else will put them How together. About a block? Yes. <laughs> no. Here's a give train me track. that truck. <laughs> put it together. I, I want to see it go. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, you're, you're right on. I mean, it's, it's really, and I think the ethics question you know, my grandfather, um, when I used to come home from school all the time, um, he would always ask me, do you know what it means to be a good man, Joseph, right? Aww. And he would always ask me that. It wasn't mean to be a good we man. We love Uncle Jojo so, and Grandpa. Yeah, he was so, um, uh, he was really concerned about, uh, I was his only grandson, and so he no was, pressure. You know, no pressure, but he was really concerned about making sure that, you know, you uh, grew up to be a good man, as he would say. And, in, and then um, he started changing the question, and he'd say, what does it mean to have good character? Being a good man means you have good character. Yes. And then finally, you know, and it must have been uh, maybe probably 10 years before he passed away. I was, I don't know, something that might be 30, something in my 30s. And he said, I'm going to finally give you what, what does it mean to be good character? And we were talking, he finally said, character is what you do yes. when no one is watching. Absolutely. And that ultimately is what, it's not when the cameras are on. It's not when there's a, when there's a big room of people. It's when you're sitting down 
and you're about to make a decision, you're thinking through it, are you really focusing on the outcome? Yeah. Or are you going to go right back to tech? Yeah. You know, and when you walk to that room, it really is. Especially it's when you get in a room, oh, it's so comfortable. Everybody's here. Let's just, let's just, let's just put this thing in. Yeah. Because I can see it. I can measure it. There it is. There it is. Oh, you guys worry about the implications. I didn't, I didn't know. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean we actually found out where you were when you were and that got leaked? Oh, I'm, I didn't think about that. Yeah, my bad. Let's yeah, just build another right. tool. Yeah. You go over there. We're going to oh, do this without you again. I love it. when it, Give me some IoT. Give me some. Oh, sure. We will. Yeah. What tool would you like today? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think you're, I think you're right. I really like turning it on its head, focusing on the outcome. And I think our customers are demanding it, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, they really are demanding it. Yeah, I think so. So let's do one final question to kind of wrap it all together. So you're a leader, you're an author, you're an evangelist of these things, all these great things. How do you take your grandpa's great advice and say to your employees and and even to your customers and partners that you interact with, you know, what is character for you? How do you, how do you move into it? And and do you use that mantra at work? And and how does that show up for you as a leader? Yeah. You know, um, being authentic is really important to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, how it shows up to, to me as a leader is it's it's not, um, you know, my job is an important role, but it's not my purpose. Yes. Right? It's, it's not my purpose. It's like it's like making profits is required at Cisco. Yes. Breathing is required as a human. <laughs> right. right. But it's not, not my, my purpose. purpose yeah. Right. It's, it's not my purpose. Right. To, to me, my purpose is every person I meet. I would like to leave that interaction, learning something and expressing and giving yes. that person some value. Yes, it's right? like intellectual barter. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and, and an emotional barter. It's emotional barter. So you, you, I think you honestly have to, 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 to show up authentically, let me put you that way, right. uh, in terms of how you interact with people. Yes. Um, and I always, you know, you know tell my, my, my team very, very, very carefully, you know, you know mind your thoughts. Yeah. Because your thoughts become your words. That's right. You know, mind your words because they become your actions. Yeah, you think you're faking it when you don't like someone. Exactly, exactly. Mind your actions yeah. because that defines your character. Now that doesn't mean to walk around being a jerk everywhere. No, it doesn't give you the opportunity. It means that you have to be aware of what's happening. And if you define your character, know what you're doing when no one else is watching, that will shape your destiny, yes. right? And so that's that's how I live my life. That's all, you know, I'm authentic to my team. I'm excited. Uh, with the folks that I get to interact with. This has been great. Yeah, this is Such fun. a fun conversation. We've got to do it again. Yes, definitely. Anytime. Definitely. Well, Uncle Jojo, <laughs> otherwise known as Joseph Bradley, Vice President of our IoT group at, at Cisco. Thank you. Namaste from my heart to yours. This it's been has great. been really fun. Thank you for your insights. Oh, thank you very much. It's been great. All right. Sigma Riders, it's a wrap. You've been listening to Privacy Sigma Riders, brought to you by the Cisco Security and Trust Organization. Special thanks to Corey Westerhold for our original theme music. Our producers are Susan Borden and David Ball. And a special shout out and thank you to our Cisco TV production partners. You can find all our episodes on the Cisco Trust Center at cisco.com slash go slash writers or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Then please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. To stay ahead of the curve between episodes, consider following us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And you can find me, Michelle Dennity, on Twitter at mdennity. Until next time. 